You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is a Star Wars episode where me and my man Matt are going to be going through Star Wars number 20 and Star Wars Bounty Hunters number 20. In a week, that's pretty cool. A couple cool things going on. Luke learning a little bit more about the history of the Jedi through a mushroom sentient planet and also the idea of Arman Zuckus getting back his pal Forlom in a, a crazy kind of aliens type of way. But before we get into those, please check us out on Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you right on back. Follow back policy. Check out our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, and then go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where you can get a ton of shows just by signing up. One of the big ones that I bring up most often is our weekly spotlight podcast, two books. Picked from that week's books by the badasses, the Get Fresh crew. Uh-uh. And this week, they ended up picking The Thing number 3, a wacky, wacky issue. And also Daredevil, Woman Without Fear number 1, I think the big issue of the week. Me and my man Jason C. ended up talking about those in a podcast episode that was about 50 minutes long. Going through those two books, having some fun doing it. Also, let me shout out and... You know, ask people, maybe beg for everybody to go and rate, review, subscribe to this podcast wherever you get it. And it's allowed mostly the Apple podcast deal that ends up being able to get more people involved, more people seize things, rankings and crazy stuff like that. But that would be nice if you could do that. And also, if you want to email us in for this podcast, this Star Wars one or a regular show, the email is Weird Science Marvel Comics at gmail.com. All this stuff will be in the show notes as well. But without further ado, let's get on to me and my man Matt talking some Star Wars. All right, and here I am with my man Matt. What up, Matt? What up, Jim? What up? We got two books. It's been a while since we had two books. One, Mm -hmm. you know, Star Wars is not a surprise. It seems like it's been a little bit. Bounty Hunters, I swear to God, we talked about like last week. I think so. All of a sudden, it just, I guess that was one of the books that was falling behind near the end of the whole War of the Bounty Hunters and ended up kind of digging into the next month when that was over. So I guess it's just playing catch up, but still, it's not a big deal. These stories all mainly dealing with, you know, the Crimson Dawn stuff. The Star Wars does not, this this issue. So these coming out twice, you know, these two, it's not a big deal. doesn't matter which order we end up talking about them, but we've decided we'll do Star Wars yeah, first. Yeah, we'll do Star Wars first. Yeah, it's Star Wars now. Sometimes you save the big one for last, and I'm like, ah, let's get with it. Because while it's a good enough issue, not a lot happens. You end up where Luke continues the scavenger hunt, where I thought, oh, okay, we're going to end the scavenger hunt pretty quickly, only to seemingly get another scavenger hunt. But that's what he's going to do. He's got to train. He's got to become a Jedi in a way that we'll get to see in this new expanded universe, the new deal of it. And find out, you know, how he gets to Return of the Jedi in, in dribs and drabs, it seems. But it's Star Wars number 20, written by Charles Sewell, art by Marco Castillo, colors by Rachel Rosenberg, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. Here is the crawl of what is called Dangerous Lessons, 
After feeling the pull to continue his Jedi training, Luke Skywalker journeys to many planets to find anything left to the end of the Jedi that the Empire has yet to destroy. With the help of a man once saved by another Jedi long ago, Luke uses his connection to the Force to attain a holocron containing a message from Jedi Master Yoda. And I laugh because I saw some reviews. I think I even mentioned it when we talked about Star Wars last time. One of the reviews was like, oh, great, we're going to have to watch Yoda train him through the holocron and all that. And it's <laughs> funny because you start off and as you're reading this, you kind of sit there and you're like, come on, Yoda, you're you're really going general here. You're not telling him much. In fact, you're telling him exactly what you already told him. Even Luke gets pissed. I, I think that R2 is like, beep, boop, beep, boop. first off, R2, it's <laughs> funny when you see him, he's standing as if he actually thinks that he's doing his hologram thing. Yeah. Like yeah. He, he's not. I think that Luke is just like, oh, I'll let him pretend that he's involved. He's just in there. I think even R2 is like, what is this, on repeat? Because uh, it ends up doing the same thing, right? Luke's when, like, and, where's the fast forward button on this thing? Yeah, really. I mean, he is <laughs> picking up his hand as if he is doing that. Like, <laughs> where's next chapter? And, and it's not. So it ends up, you know, the Jedi with great focus. We perceive these currents of what we see and what has been. And yeah, all the stuff that he did on Dagobah he even says, oh, come on. I like that it does play. And I think that Charles Sewell does do a good job in this of playing the bratty Luke Skywalker here. Mm-hmm. You know, the Toshi station, come on, I just want to get power converters. He still has that part in him, which also led to him going off a of Dagobah to Cloud. So all these things all wrapped up in the one. So you get that, that he's just pissed. And the Holocron then just kind of comes together after a lesson that he already had known. R2 makes the save. He catches it. I mean, he's got some hands. R2, he grabs it. Luke gets it and gets pissed, starts kind of picking up rocks as he did during the original time that he heard that and even says, he taught me this lesson months ago. Remember, it's when, you know, I had that cloud city vision and I dropped you on your head. And I, I think R2 is like, I don't want to remember that. <laughs> and so he's mad. Again, though, this is a holocron. He kind of just like he's tossing it around. <laughs> I'm like, come on. All of a sudden. Boom! As he's doing that, a new thing happens. Where in the sky, then that's kind of funny. Where he's, you know, lifting it up and stuff, and then all of a sudden he gets what is like the secret message on it, and Yoda ends up talking about these dangerous places. Like, and and this mm-hmm. is the worst thing for a Luke Skywalker at this point, even to even hear because of the the danger that he always gets himself into. But when he hears of these virgences, these so called, they say. They are so-called and should not be explored without training and preparation. These are focused places, locations where the force is very strong but very dangerous. And you should only go if you're trained. And so the setup is, again, just as before, after Yoda gives that one lesson, crap hits the fan because Luke hears something, gets a vision. But this is where he hears this. It's kind of a funny play. Like, you know, the first time he gets it, he goes up to Cloud City. We realize that didn't go well. Now he hears of this and he's given locations and he hears one that he does not know of, the living sea of Gazim. So he's like, that's where we're going. He doesn't have any other options anyway. I mean, he was at a dead end. This pops up. He's going to go off to that. Things are pretty quick. And again, if you were worried that, and we were, we actually, I thought there was like a million of these locations that he was going to go through. Mm-hmm. And he like where he is now, where he gets the whole crumb, where he, this is like the last of those, he says. So we, we kind of bypass things. We had him very quick. 
last issue where you had, you know, this yeah, line one of one panel, this line another. of one panel. So at least the, the pacing of this is is better and you're getting to some stuff. But again, you end up now starting yet another kind of scavenger hunt, but maybe with more importance. But he ends up going off to the mid-rim, Gazian. He goes down, and I like that it's the living sea of Gazian. When he goes down into it, at first I thought it was rocks, but then it kind of looks like mushrooms. They're, they're mushrooms, but what 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 does he land on? I, I don't know. There's just a he, platform there. He ends up landing. Now, I think that the way it's played out with the mushroom planet here, it does say it's a living planet. So again, you know, when you end up having things like at DC Mogo, things like that, you, you get the idea. I think that it ends up accepting Luke to go down in. Mm-hmm. But when the ship lands, it, it makes itself, you know, firm there. I don't know. I, I don't know. And it's again, it's kind of a funny play. When he went down in Dagobah, you ended up having the, you know, X-Wing sink and he had to now he sinks here it's kind of i think there is a little bit of a play of versus dagobah versus yoda all these things but he goes down into this and he ends up being kind of infected down below some of the art is good here i don't mind it but some of it is a little bit off so you can't tell exactly what is going on or whatnot but he ends up down below Again, I think there's also the play of when he ended up on Dagobah going into the tree. There's always these vegetative things. Is it going to be good or bad? This is kind of just in the middle. It's not really doing anything bad. I don't think it's necessarily trying to be good. Mm -hmm. I think that this living planet is mainly concerned of trying to imprint old Luke into it because what this planet does, it's able to, and, and very quick, it grabs your your mind and and your history and your memories and your essence and is ending up able to recreate yeah a snapshot of you at that moment in time yeah and and at first i thought what we were going to get here is the idea of you know like the the classic greek deal where you look in the mirror and you just sit there forever it's your wildest dreams but you don't realize in the percy jackson movies and books when they go to that casino and you have to but it's not that. It's just him sitting there on a toadstool talking to a long dead Jedi who had been on the planet. And this is a pretty cool callback. An Elzer man from the Old Republic era who is a character in the books and things like that. So you get him here and they kind of talk. And this guy isn't a Jedi master, especially at the time He was there searching for things too And I like that play too And of course he knew Yoda And it's like the funny thing about it And it's funny, it's like almost meeting You know, a professor And you're like, oh, I had this teacher Oh, I remember me and him used to drink a lot Like it's the Yoda who was like, oh, that guy He was was tough to handle I like what he's like, that guy, oh my god He was something else And it's funny to hear somebody talk about yoda as if it was like their college days type deal but he says yoda was old then (laughs) and he he laughs but you're able to communicate with these you know visions with these things and luke says is this of the mind am i in a vision am i this or whatever and it just kind of it almost plays up but it is what it is yeah he said it's not a vision and i i am not the force it's just it is what it is and so and that's big because again this could have been Oh my God, the living forces. No, this is just this Jedi who back in the day came to the planet. And at that point in his Jedi career, this is him. And he doesn't even seem, I thought that there was also going to be the play of like, 
Oh man, I haven't talked to anybody in a while. I'm like, no, he's just kind of talking to Luke. And you keep going back to Luke. He's slow. He's zombified. Oh my God, he's there. His eyes are rolling. But (laughs) you jump to different places and different times and things like that as they're talking. It's cool enough. Basically, all this is, though, is to finally give Luke something, an artifact that obviously the Empire doesn't know about. That's a big deal because they have been going and pilfering all the stuff from all those locations. This was not a location of the map stuff that R2 was able to pull out from the Death Star deal. So you end up here where also, though, it's kind of like a, you know, I don't know. It's it's just a philosophical idea, and it says the Force and the Jedi are always what is needed for the time. Mm-hmm. I laughed about this, and we were talking before. Because uh, at the moment, with Luke's probably like, yeah, I, I, I think things were fudged a little with the Sith and their <laughs> orders. I mean, we're having some problems here. I don't know that of the time Jedi's here is like, well, at this point, all of us will be slaughtered. And again, this is just the Force in general and the Jedi's. But he ends up saying that Luke brags a little. He's able to kind of. Oh, I right. saved billions of people. No, he's like, I, I was the hero. I saved everybody. But now I keep <laughs> messing up. I need to be a Jedi. And I, I like the kind of, hey, calm down, buddy. You know, you end up having a little bit of a, you know, talk. Elzer man's like, listen, you just got to calm down. Yeah, you, you might be big headed now, but that could go away. And also the force will kind of lead you to where you have to be and what's going on. And he does end up saying, and it, it is funny. It's like one of those, whew. Man, those Jedi, pretty cool, right? How many are left? Like, uh, I know, I know, like two, maybe three. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh crap, things <laughs> went wrong. That's when he says, yeah, sometimes the Jedi have to adapt to their time. But yeah, he even mentions, and it's weird for me, but it, it, I sat there and thought about it. He's not going to want to say Darth Vader, even though it doesn't matter if he does. He can make up names. This is just this a vision type deal. So he says, listen, there's, you know, I had my teacher Obi Wan. Uh, he. Died. He actually almost talks about him in the first person and then goes about he's mm-hmm. dead, which Passes. I like. That would be something that he would do. And it's still pretty, you know, fresh on the deal overall. And then he mentions Anakin. There's Anakin. And mm-hmm. that felt a little weird to me at first, just him saying Anakin, because we, you know, we only had heard Obi-Wan say, hey, I had a, you know, he's putting two and two together to do the deal. Yeah, I never really heard him talk about Anakin. Yeah, before. I never heard him. And it felt weird. And especially if it was Mark Hamill and his voice, it really would have felt weird for him to say Anakin to me. But it makes sense because he was told the name before his dad, Baba, and then realizes with Darth. But that is, in my mind, the step that Luke takes now because he at points has still been, it can't be real. It can't be. He's come to accept that when he ends up saying, yeah, there's this Anakin. He kind of went bad. He's something else, that guy. And <laughs> you end up having Elzer Man's like, yep, those things will happen as well. Uh, but in this, the weird thing about it is as they're talking about all the different areas and all the different Jedi and the, the history of the Jedi, it's a nice little thing to get, you know, the scope of the Jedi here as Luke tries to bring it all back but really and you get quiet john there's mm-hmm. some neat little easter egg things in the art as well and then by the end you see that and i'm telling you it doesn't quite look like luke 
it looks like almost zombie Luke as well when he ends up seeing himself. I think it's the hair being a little different, but the the mm-hmm. planet has imprinted him as well. The thing about it though is, I kind of thought that at one point we were going to get this like, oh my god, Luke's going to stay there, or the planet's tricking him, or it's. A, but you never get that. This is just to give information. At one point, you end up even having, hey, let me see that lightsaber. Hey, pretty cool. And you have all that going on, but he ends up kind of waking up from this, and you have his other vision say, come back anytime, and that kind of jumps him out of it. And I thought that that, the play there almost was even, again, in the the tree when he ends up on Dagobah, and he cuts open Darth Vader's mask, and he's in there and freaks out, oh my god, it's me. This isn't evil. This is just... This is you as you are today. You're going to stay with the planet, and you can talk to other people just like this other guy did, and And, and the cool thing about this is this cool planet here, I mean, you could use this in all sorts of eras. Uh, You know, if you wanted to have this, if you want to go and say we continue the next deal, because eventually we're going to get to the Return of the Jedi. So if we get to some point, you could even have some other Jedi down the line even come and talk that like it's kind of a neat concept yeah it is but the confusing part would be how does this this guy know to talk to this guy how do you choose who you talk to is it random like they never say like maybe it's senses because it does say it can scan you and maybe it sees what you need i don't yeah, know well, there's more to it yeah i mean is on. this is this living planet like on the up and up is it does it not care is it is it dr phil of the mind because it seems to be that here i mean luke is getting a lot of information that he needs and kind of a boost. And, you know, he's kind of down on everything and whatnot, especially because he's, he mentions it again, Yoda and Obi-Wan, like they're not talking to him. They're, they're not mm-hmm. coming. The force is not really there, which we kind of lost track of at one point. At one point it was really big with Luke. And then he kind of, kind of stopped talking about it as much, but he ends up waking up. He grabs his lightsaber. And as he's going up, then you're like, Oh man, like these aren't of the mind. There's dead body. So then I'm what's going on? Like, what is the There's dead bodies. There's a skeleton. So why is he allowed to leave? And you never feel like there's ever a trap or anything. It it just felt like maybe they're playing the idea. That some people come down and they're so enthralled to talk to all these former Jedi. They're all, and they just, or they're not Jedi. I don't know. Maybe these are just people that fell on the planet. They're, Maybe Jedi are allowed to leave, but others yeah, aren't. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's not real well spelled out, but I mean, this poor guy there, the skeleton with the Jedi book, he's just standing there. Like, uh, he just thought there was a library here and it was overdue. He needed <laughs> to return it. The guy died. I'm assuming we'll find, we'll find out who he is next. Yeah, she so end up, he grabs the book and he, I'd like, looks like, ah, when he sees <laughs> Why it. would you grab that book out of that dead dude's hand? I don't know. I think I would. I, I think you I'd be would? just like, what the heck? I think I'd grab it and kick the guy in the head or something. But <laughs> he grabs the book. Then you get this weird deal where there's a giant, like almost like a upward explosion to get out of the Force blast, maybe. And, yeah. I, I and know. I wondered with that, I thought, and you see the book there, but I thought that he threw the book up or something, oh, yeah, but he maybe. didn't get the book. Because R2's freaking out, too. He's like, wow. Now, he's all going, and then you go, That's R2. Luke's just laying there. Probably stinks so bad. He's just in the... I mean, really, we kind of know what mushrooms grow in. He probably smells like that. Yeah. He comes up. I ended up at one point at my old job, I had to go to a, a mushroom farm. And there's a bunch... And I say mushroom farm, usually the ones that I've seen are just like really dark, like uh, like sheds, like really big, mm-hmm. like, you know, container things. With manure? And, um, 
just the worst just oh. stinks and it's just dark and manure and and with that I still love mushrooms. I ended up where the guy that I used to go with, me me and him used to go, and we'd fix some hoses and things and stuff like that. And when we went, he actually stopped eating mushrooms for a real long time because it was just so disgusting. <laughs> I didn't care. So you end up where, <laughs> usually things like that don't affect me, but you end up where you have Luke, he comes up, and uh, if you're asking about this book, R2, I think it's an invitation. R2's like, no, I'm saying you stink. You need a shower. I, I wasn't asking. I like that. It's just that, oh, if you're, no, no, I'm not asking R2. R2's probably like, thank God you're alive. Oh, my God, my bet. He's like, nope, the book. He's like, ah, screw you. R2's going to start hosing them off with water. Yeah, really. <laughs> I'm telling you, get that flamethrower bit going. You <laughs> might have to burn that smell off. But you end up where, okay, you have that. Luke now, again, probably is going to be led on another bit. You kind of need more than just, you know, hey, here's some old Jedi of the mind, kind of. It's not really, but the same idea. Like, I need some solid stuff, and I think we're going to get that. I think it's coming up. Now, with that, though. Not next issue. The next issue is pretty cool because we've been waiting for the Starlight stuff and whatnot. So it looks like you're going to end up having that. We're going to, I'm telling you. Die hard on a Star Destroyer is mm-hmm. what we're probably going to have, and I'm all for that. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm looking forward uh, with that. And, yeah, all this going down, it's okay. The art isn't spectacular. I no, didn't think it really grabbed me. It's a little scratchy or something. Yeah, yeah and I think it plays weird. off the idea of this of the mind thing and in this planet and underneath. But even when you go into the mushroom planet, you didn't really get a sense of anything of it. You didn't really, it was just kind of, in my mind, a way to make no backgrounds. And even then, the concentration on just the characters, not great. Mm-hmm. It is very scratchy. It's very pencil heavy. Mm-hmm. It had a, because of the, the deal, had a dull color palette. Like nothing really, really popped with the art for me. The story's okay. It ends one bit of a scavenger hunt, but then leads to another, it seems. But with that, I'm going to give it a 7.5. Uh, what would you give it? I'll take a half point off for the art and go seven. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't argue with it. I, I like the stuff with Luke. I, I actually liked him having a hissy fit at the beginning mm-hmm. more than anything. That was pretty funny because that's like, oh, Luke, you, you can take the the young kid out of the Jedi, but you can't whatever. We can <laughs> always count on a hissy fit from him. Uh, but now <laughs> we're going to go to the next deal, which is Star Wars Bounty Hunters number 20. Again, that seems to get things in line a bit. Some of the books, though, came out different and whatnot, but this is now issue number 20. One of the things that I didn't like about this is we did not get the faces and the names at the beginning, which we usually do. Oh, I yeah, thought that yeah. that was something that I always like, especially in this book, where we do have some more obscure characters than our classic characters, but you don't get it. But it's with friends like these, written by Ethan Sachs, Paolo Villanella on art, and Brian Valenza on colors, Travis Lanham on letters. In their effort to save Cadelia, the young heir of two warring crime syndicates, the bounty hunters must find Zuckus's partner, Forlom. The former protocol droid turned mercenaries capable of slicing thousands of communications across the galaxy for clues to Cadalia's whereabouts. But during the events of the war, the bounty hunters for alarm was rebuilt and reprogrammed to kill Zuckus. Can the bounty hunters survive an encounter with this monstrous killing machine in time to bring peace to an underworld that's destroying itself? And this ends up where you end up having, you know, the classic Tonga, Lasha. You have Bosk, obviously you have Zuckus. You have all... 
these bounty hunter characters and they're being led and even Tasu. Mm-hmm. who I still don't quite remember the name of all the time, but I like her. Pit fighter, cage yeah, fighter. Yeah, I like her. She's just kind of there to be like, oh, point me to who you want me to kill, and and gradually becoming loyal to the gang. Even Bosk, who you, you think that at any point he could just turn on you, he seems to enjoy being on this team, which I like. Right now, he's the comic relief. He's got all his limbs back now. Uh-huh, he's walking. Uh, so we, at least we have that. But even that, he's the one to just sit there and like, why am I here? And oh, my God, you're the worst. But then ends up jumping in and, and joining. But they end up getting a signal from Forlom that you end up having Zucka say, I'm tracking. I'm the best tracker ever. Uh, it seems that Forlom is setting this up. And it, they even say it by the end that he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that, though, I like this. This kind of this friendship, Zuckus, he, he he knows what's going to happen. He's already seen Forlom is going to try to kill him. He does have a plan besides that, but he seems at one point to almost want to test Forlom to maybe hope that he could. And you play that whole deal. I know that the real use inside, but then you see that at the end, he just is using that to kind of get in there close. At one point, they have a hug. But it's a trick, but then it's a trick from Zuckus as well. It's mm-hmm. kind of a cool deal. And it does show the team here that Zuckus isn't as much of a joke as they thought. At one point, you know, the, the guy's throwing chicken bones oh, to were... try to claim that he knows where to go, even though it looked like it was all a dupe. And yep. So he ends up where they even say, I guess this guy's okay. I mean, yeah, he is, but he's better with Forlom, and they need Forlom because, again, they're trying to track. Kedalia. They're trying to find Kedalia to save her and maybe stop the Crimson Dawn. In the meantime, we find out full out Crimson Dawn after Kedalia, you know, with the whole deal going on with Vukara. There's a lot of stuff in this issue that's, you know, going back to the very beginning mm-hmm. where me and you weren't exactly the greatest fan, but we're, we're having this. It's a long story going. And I like the idea, though, what Ethan Sachs does is. You have that Cadelia stuff. It might not be the most interesting thing. It really isn't to me. Or, or you've said to No, I don't yourself. think so at all. No. But you throw in Forlom and Zuckus and a little comedy relief from Bosk, and then at the end have Dengar, then you're doing something, and I'm, I'm enjoying it enough. So you, you end up, one of the weird things about this is, is Lasha kind of a step back from that murderous, you know, crazy bloodlust she had. Yeah, she had a taste for the for Yeah, the remember Tonga was really worried. Oh, my God, you mm-hmm. got the taste of it. You're good. And I really thought that she was going to be so over the top, like every time you got to sit. But it hasn't been. And the weird deal is with all of that going on, you then have, you know, the Tatsu who is that's kind of her. So you don't mm-hmm. need Lasha to do it. And you kind of step back from it, which is kind of a weird deal. But you end up having kind of an alien steal. They end up finding a broken down freighter. It's barely got the life support on. They figure, okay, this is what led us to Forlum. Let's go in there. Forlum has made a trap at the one point. I think it goes a little too fast where it is kind of funny, where it looks like Forlum has made his own little Zuckus. He decapitated the pilot. <laughs> and then put a Zuckus-type head on it, right? <laughs> I think so. That's what happened. And yeah. then they're like, oh, he missed his old friend. <laughs> and then they see that he has just st- stabbed him in the back a million times. Oh, no. But even then I thought, well, he had to kill the original captain to do that. Maybe he still does like like Zuckus. But, yeah, it looks like he's <laughs> just like the idea he's made his own little tiny Zuckus. Uh, but they're going through and trying to figure out what's happening. And you end up having 
Bosk with some fun. I love where Bosk, the gentleman, where they end up getting there and you end up separating. Tong and Lash are always going to go together. So Tasu mm-hmm. and Bosk go off and they get to like this area where there's no lights. They have to crawl through like a ripped open hole. And and gentleman Bosk, after you, my lady, <laughs> made me laugh. I'm like, look at you, Bosk, you jerk. And, and, and you notice Boss, too, is the only one not wearing a breather mask. Yeah, he doesn't have a breather. Uh, at he one just, point, he actually starts yelling at him at the beginning that he's like, I wish you would have just left me on that frozen bed. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I would have been better off dying. This is not so- Yeah, he was definitely dying on there, but it's better than this. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'd rather be there. But <laughs> I don't know. He seems to be enjoying himself. And so they go through this. But the big thing is for, you know, Zuck is to, to find his buddy. And that panel is really good. Oh, yeah, where he's above him. But, yeah, when he's above him and you have that popping green of his eyes. And if you don't remember and if you didn't read the War of the Bounty Hunters for Lem and Zuck is one shot when we ended up going through that, uh, they ended up. Having four llamas going to lose his head every all over the place, and they just end up repurposing him on another body. This is a giant spider monstrosity body Ugh. that's just made for killing, you know. So he ends up with the programming to kill Zuckus, and there's that body, and it, it's it's a cool thing that you end up using it into that horror kind of tense feel. Uh-huh. But again, he's right above. <laughs> when you end up having them find that little, you know. Made up body uh, of oh no, four llamas really up, and they try to get a hold of Zuckus, but his communications are kind of cut off from that. He's like, I can't really hear you in the communicator. I'm gonna go find four He's right about to pounce on it. <laughs> and then we go off, and again, we it's the big story in this. It started off the story. It's why Valance is in the story. All this stuff with Cadelia, and if you don't remember, which I even had to look up the deal. The unbroken clan, the daughter of the leader, Corinthia, ends up marrying or at least having a baby, which is Cadelia, with the unbroken clan's son, Camus, and it's Romeo and Juliet. It's mm-hmm. the whole deal. They end up having a baby. So if Cadelia grows up and ends up seizing, she will have control. She is the rightful heir of two clans that could end up coming together. Now, with that, it doesn't feel that big anymore, especially with the Crimson Dawn. I mean, the Unbroken Clan and, you know, the Mourner's Whale Syndicate is what the other part is. Yeah, they keep popping up, but in the overall scope of things, especially in the Star Wars deal. Yeah, and even then, I I enjoyed some of it, but when you get down it, I'm like, yeah, Return of the Jedi is coming up. I I don't know of the Unbroken Clan. These are just, you know, little deals, and it felt okay because it made this bounty hunters book its own thing but boy we're 20 issues in we're still dealing with the Cadalian. i'm wondering what is the plan after that you have a lot i mean this is just star wars bounty hunters you could do anything there's tons of cool bounty hunters so you end up but again vukara who is the one who's like i i'm the only one who takes the unbroken clan serious she wants to seize control and take over so she goes to the palace ends up going to the guy in control who is the father of Corinthia, and he has kind of stayed in his tower since. He's always sleeping. Mm-hmm. He's depressed. His daughter is dead. And with that, he thinks that that's the end of the line. I don't know why he just can't He's say, all right, one. get me some other ladies. Yeah, let's get going. Yeah, let's yeah. get this stuff going. But he is too depressed. He lost his daughter. Wow. Yeah, and the line's going to end. And Vukra <laughs> doesn't care about that. General Vukra goes in, says, I demand to see him. He comes out, and again, 
He's like, he's disheveled. I mean, this is the guy who's part of a big clan and his robes are kind of tattered. He hasn't shaved. He looks at parts like Chris Christopherson. He ends up coming out, right? And he's like, oh, you know, and she goes and there's a lot of trophy stuff. You even see his daughter and a hologram. Yeah, I mean, like this, guy, this guy can't get over it. And mm-hmm. instead of, hey, let's get going and the Sunbroken Clan's going to get vengeance. So that, no, he's just like, woe is me. I'm open around and, and it's enough. Vukra has been doing. And it's funny because Vukra has been our main focus. Of the Unbroken Clan, anyway. You you always think of her with the Unbroken Clan. So she ends up going to him and is like, you're done. I'm now going to kill you. Uh, you know, woe is me. And by the way, you have a granddaughter. <laughs> She's killing him. Yeah, he's taking his last breath, and that's the last thing he hears. You do have an heir. You have a granddaughter. Even the idea is like, take this. And she ends up having the ceremonial store sword that, that you can see in the background, too, that that, that guy's holding. So. Yeah, yeah. And runs runs right through. As as she's talking to him, you end up having her guys and gals going and killing his anyway, all the guards. So they even say, they even message up to her, hey, uh, everybody who isn't part, you know, they're all dead. Everybody left is with you. Everybody not loyal let's to go. you. Yeah, dead. let's go. And then yeah. you get that last deal. Hey, you know, you have a granddaughter named Miss Cadella. He's like, like, sorry. Uh, don't worry. She'll be joining you soon once the Crimson Dawn gets a hold of her. So again, yeah, she doesn't want Cadella around. That would make her not in the lead. And that would combine things. So she has joined up with the Crimson Dawn. They're going to go to kill Cadella. Immediately out of nowhere, she ends up dressed in warrior armor, which really threw me. She pulled the mask off uh, uh, that was like on one of the trophy cases. Yeah, yeah. She just starts getting all the big stuff. She's going the grand on. leader now, Jim. You must respect her. Yes, she is the grand leader of Vukara now. I just like notice she hasn't been wearing her cool mask for a while now, so I guess it's convenient that she has a new one. That little purple and green mask she was it does wearing. seem like she grabs his uh, tattered robe though to put over her. I yeah, mean, the like, robe. she didn't have that and. That kind of combines with the mask. That's weird. And that but. sword's a little like puny. It's almost like a dagger kind of thing. And then, but she she did give him a chance, I think, to be like she because she said I was like a daughter to you, and he's like, no, you've always just been a street. Yeah, rat. I think that she's even upset about that too. Yeah. So maybe if he had answered that differently, she might not have killed him. But who knows? I think she would have still killed him. Kept calling her a street rat. You oh can't yeah, do that, that was the worst thing. It's like you, Kyle Rayner. You guys are all <laughs> you know street rat. You end up where it is. It was some last shade because I thought of you as a father. Yeah, I never yeah. thought of you as anything but a street rat. Boom. Horrible. And you get that going on. It reminded me actually in a, in a weird, you know, obscure deal. It reminded me of hardware, the original hardware uh, story in the uh, Milestone stuff back in the day. Okay. I don't know if they kept doing that in the new revamp deal, but you end up having hardware. thought he was like, oh, I'm, I'm the son. Like he treats me as a son. And now nah, I didn't care about you. And same deal here. And she runs him through, though. And, and so you end up where, all right, she's in charge now. Kind of always was doing the things anyway. I'm cool with it. That's a cool story. Yeah. Joining up with the Crimson Dawn to go off to get Cadelia as you have these bounty hunters going. That also ties in the bounty. Everything ties in. Even Boba Fett has a tie with all this stuff. So you end up, though, we got to get to Forlum. And you have, you know, an extended fight. Bosk is ripping off arms. You have Tatsushi <laughs> just blasting away. While you end up having Zuckus, please, Forlum, remember me. Remember, it's in your your heart, not your programming. Just look within. And, uh, yep, nope, I am programmed to kill you. But in the meantime, Zuckus is like, yep, and I like this. You end up having Forlum actually say, 
you made a mistake. You counted on me having an emotional connection, and I don't. He's like, no, no, no. I count on you not having that because that's what I wanted to do here. I knew you'd, boom, and ends up stabbing him and electrocuting him, shutting him down and ripping his head off. (laughs) And this is what we need. But he, it's still through this, you still get that connection that this is his friend. This is just routine stuff. This probably happens to them every couple of years where something goes wrong. One or the other has to go, especially with the idea of of Forlom. You just have to take his head off and reprogramming, reprogramming when he can't fight back, which he does. And so he ends up getting it and says, hey, now you're going to see why I'm so good and ends up reprogramming Forlom immediately. I mean, immediately they end up like, okay, the search for it now. This is my biggest problem with all this story and everything. Is there only one Cadalia in the universe? Because they end up search any transmissions with the name Cadalia. Boom, right away. There's one here. Like in my mind, there's ten trillion. You'd have yeah, to Yeah, I was search. gonna say how many would you think? There'd be ten trillion. Right? There has to be so many that you would have to <laughs> narrow the search down. Like Cadet like you're gonna have to have more keywords. Not just Cadalia. Cadalia, unbroken clan. Maybe, you know, Corinthia. Get a little more specific. Not just Cadelia. I, I really expected this. And the last again, name, middle name. Yeah, I, I expected that. And I'm kind of glad you didn't get it because then it'd be like, oh, you're just extending it. But um, beep, boop, boop, boop. Wait, how many entries? We have it would 10 be, trillion, 380 million. Like, uh, no, it'd be one of those numbers, Jim, that they, they can't even put it. They would have to have a power at the top. All of a sudden, it's like one of those things that's almost like when you end up giving the aliens a cold or you change the binary code for robots, four lumps head explodes. Oh, no, that didn't work. Too <laughs> many Cadalias. Yeah, I'm just thinking like, really? Just his head just explodes. And yeah, over. just boom, done. Like, <laughs> oh, no. And, and you just see picking up the pieces, Zuckus is putting it back together. But yeah, right away, beep, boop, boop. Here it is. We found this transmission. Cadalia. And it, it really looks like they're trying to play the idea that it takes long, but really it's it's three it's panels. Like a, so yeah, it, because they're falling asleep, yeah, I guess. It's not maybe. gonna be long for us if that's the case. I mean, usually in in a movie or something, you'd see the clock. It's spinning, it's turning, and whatever. All you see is yeah, four lums head going click, 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 click. Go to one panel where maybe they're asleep or maybe they're just sitting there. To me, it's five seconds past. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like click, 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 ping. Oh, okay. We intercepted a transmission to a Crimson Dawn ship. Oh, oh, that that's very convenient the one time. And you do see that they end up realizing death stick who pops up everywhere yep. still. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, well, you know, our transmission, it was the Somebody beacon tapped was tapped. It. And oh, my God, look, the one thing. Also, in my mind, they might be a little too smart, the Crimson Dawn, to actually use the name as well. If this mm-hmm. is such a big thing and they think that somebody would maybe be tapping in, you know, like even if they just said the package, they would know what they're talking about. Hey, C, the package C is there. They'd never find it, but they ended up using the deal. They ended up cutting the transmission. But again, even then, you don't get this idea of, oh, my God, it, it, was it too late? No. We already know. They already get this deal, and you end up having, you know, tongue, oh, great, now we have to deal with Crimson Dawn, the most dangerous syndicate in the galaxy. Oh, my goodness. But, again, that was kind of the deal, but you end up Destic then gets on the horn. All right, I guess we got to take care of this. Who do we have waiting? It is Dengar. And Dengar, <laughs> if you're following all the War of the Bounty Hunter stuff and even before, 
You gotta be happy a bit for Dengar. He ended up getting his lady back. The lady that he was doing all the backstabbing to Valance and all this stuff in the War of the Bounty Hunters was because the Huts ended up having his girl and he seemingly, mm-hmm. maybe from the Crimson Dawn, ended up getting his girl, but now he's in debt to the Crimson Dawn, but plays off so funny in this. And I, I just, I don't know how I've really become fond of Dengar, where he, he knows what he has to do. He's like, ah, all right, duty calls. And he, he ends up saying, and you recognize the name, Manaru, and that was the name he said before. Yep. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, wait to dawn and all of that. Whatever. What do I have to do? <laughs> Who do you want me to kill? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, Who do you want me to kill? So then you get to be continued. That is a pretty cool deal with Dengar mm-hmm. at the end. And yeah, I mean, there you go again. The idea of mixing in other things, but then tying it into the Cadalia stuff and the Vukra, all that. It, it was well done, I thought. And at the, the next issue, you have Bounty Hunters 21, the deadliest mission. I'm like, Oh my God, Forlum, you, you can't win here. He's got his new sexy body back. He's got a protocol droid body, it looks like, and now he's being held by Vukura by the neck. I'm like, really? <laughs> you, you barely even did anything. And, <laughs> and so where we go, and I'm assuming that that is Vukura. Uh, it does look a little bit different. Not, Yeah, I guess it is. I'm looking at, the, it Vukura. looks like she has shined up her her mask. Gave it a nice gold paint job. Funny thing is the the different lengths of the sides there yeah. uh, is pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool. But yeah, she ends up you know getting a little shiny and stuff. So yeah, she looks like she has four on by the neck. So we'll see what that uh, goes with. Pretty cool. Uh, what would you give this? I'd actually, I think I'm going to go like an eight point five on this. I'm going to go really, eight. I so I'm a little it. bit less than you, and you were a little bit less than me. So, yeah. but I, I thought it was good. I saw some reviews. People weren't digging it. Not many people are reviewing it. He's doing a good did. job of weaving all this crap together, man. I don't know. It's- yeah, I think that sometimes in this there might be a problem. And I, I don't know these other reviewers, and we don't hang. I don't know if you, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know if you do. Maybe you hang with no. them. Uh, but I don't know, like, if you ended up just coming in at the War of the Bounty Hunters, this sort of stuff, you'd be lost. You'd be lost with the the importance of Bukhara, Kedalia, all that stuff. Even so, we said it was never our big thing, but you get some certain characters involved, like, you know, Dengar, Forlam, Zuckus, Bosk, and then I get interested, and they've done that, so it's pretty cool. Again, we don't have Valance at the moment, for the most part, because he's off with Darth Vader with a sexy new face. And I'd rather have this issue than what we were getting a bit of, you know, hey, let's go back and look at Valance's Yeah, Valance taking a break from the issues was a plus, I think. I like him, but it's good yeah, to see Yeah, we were getting things. a lot of flashbacks and stuff yeah. with Valance, and I, I think that we know enough. Hey, he was friends with Han, and mm-hmm. that's what it all leads to. Again, though, this Cadalia stuff, because he was the one who ended up hiding Cadalia, so he will obviously come back in a big way and then try to, you know, maybe even team up again with Long, uh, Tasha and Langa uh, What am I Tonga and Lasha uh, <laughs> Because yeah This all goes back To the Nakano Lash stuff At the beginning And stuff like that That mm-hmm. really At the beginning Was kind of losing me But now that we know That it, it serves Its purpose To get to this Dengar He's gonna have to Lady You're gonna have to wait I'll be back later She's like Jeez I was in that Jabba's palace All that time Now I just want to smooch And I can't even get that but he has to go off. He gets back his toilet paper around his head, and off he goes. So yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. And we like this better than the Star Wars, which is crazy. But yeah, that's that. I don't know what's coming up next week. I wish that I had looked. I forgot all about it. Hunters up yeah, yeah, probably it'll be like three Afra uh, issues and a Bounty Hunters. So I'm I'm actually going to look right now to see if I can find anything. 
It may not be accurate, but it does say we get an Afro issue. So we'll see. Okay, we'll cool. see. And that book, again, in issue numbers, that's still at 17 into 18. So maybe that is the deal. So, yeah, that'd be cool. Get that. Go on with that. But, yeah, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, and if you want to go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics, follow us. We'll follow you back. Also, go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, and then go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science where you can support us for all the stuff we do here on this regular feed and then get a ton more uh, as well including what's coming up this coming week me and matt here are going to be going through secret wars number seven the original secret wars deal as we go through that and the crisis on infinite earths on our crisis comic book crisis power hour deal and i'll tell you right now i look more forward to the secret wars stuff only because it's an easier read Yes. It's for fun, and you get some action and stuff. Woo! That Crisis on Infinite Earth, more important, but boy, sometimes it's tough to get through an issue. But uh, with <laughs> all of that, even then, the next issue that we have with Crisis on Infinite Earth is a double issue. Uh, it's going to be wacky, but it's a big issue. But yeah, the Secret Wars stuff we're doing, pretty cool. So check that out. Also, another Marvel thing that I end up doing is the Marvel Ultimate Universe stuff where I'm going through which I will continue with as we speak today. I'm going to be recording right after we're done here. So the team up with Hulk and Ultimate Spider-Man, which isn't really a team up. It's more of a beat down, but I'll be getting <laughs> to that. So with all of that, thanks, everybody. Thank you, Matt. No problem. And we will talk to you next week. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.